the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my listening friends, and yes, indeed, welcome to Come Together San Diego. Need I remind you of the name again, because the name of the show is really pertinent to the content of the show at this particular time. Come Together San Diego. That means we bring people together from all different walks of life in and around San Diego and also other areas uh, that can influence uh, our San Diego listener base. But today, because it's Come Together San Diego, we like to uh, keep a track of different people and ministries that are coming into our community. And I want to spend this entire show introducing you to a person uh, and uh, his also his wife who isn't here with us in the studio, but also the ministry. I want to introduce you to uh, Pastor Benjamin Gilmore, and he's a new guy on the block in San Diego County. His ministry title is, the name of the ministry is called Freedom Ministry and Equipping. And so I was re- welcome to the show, Benjamin. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kaz. I'm excited to be here, getting uh, getting ready to plant a church or in the process yep. of it. Yep. And uh, man, yeah, we're we're excited. I, I like part of the title of your church. It's the Freedom Ministry. That bespeaks of uh, the the freedom of Holy Spirit. Let her rip. We like that. But also equipping. This a lot of people don't really understand about equipping. So some of this program that we're going to be here these two hours is for you to define what equipping is and how that relates to our listening friends. Is that fair? Um, Absolutely. Actually, the name of our church is Northgate Church. Northgate and not Freedom Ministry? Yeah, so that Freedom Ministry and equipping, that has been deep and entrenched in really the preparation of God in our story and really probably a big part of the fabric of what we're looking for or what God's looking to do. Sure, absolutely. Northgate Church. So so tell us a little bit more about uh, the ministry and your little trek. You know, Moses and the children of Israel took 40 years. I suspect your trek from wherever you were to here didn't take and isn't taking 40 years. No, I, I actually <laughs> just turned 40, so oh, right? I, <laughs> okay. maybe it did take 40 years. <laughs> yeah, in one way. But yeah, um, I had served on staff at a really great church, Um, for many years, almost 11 years. And during that time in 2016, if you asked me, Benjamin, how are you loving ministry life? I would say, man, I'm in my sweet spot. I'm right where I should be. And right at that time, God just spoke and he said, hey, I want you to plant a church. Yes. And that came as a surprise and took some time and took some preparation. So it wasn't until 2019 that we were like, all right, Lord, yes, we'll do it. Yeah. Where are you sending us? Yes. And I, I think 
you can tell from me sitting across from you that the answer ended up being San, San Diego. Diego. Yes. Yeah. So it was. It's been a a journey. So uh, you know, you are similar in many ways to a lot of other believers. They're going, well, what's my calling and what do I do? So uh, you were involved intimately in a, another church environment, and God whispered in your ear and said, "I got things for you to do," and then He called your heart towards uh, ministry stuff and to go out and do some church planting stuff. And my listening friend, you may fall into that category too. You may be attending church and God may be whispering in your ear saying, here's what I have for you to do. I've been spending this time training you. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to release you. So my listening friend, part of this message that Benjamin is going to share with us and you is uh, how God may be releasing you into your calling as well. So uh, carry the the process of the trans, uh, transfer from what part of the United States was that before? We were in the Dallas-Fort Dallas, Worth, Fort Worth, Texas yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you made the trek to San Diego. So explain the trek. Yeah, absolutely. So right in the middle of praying, God, where are you sending us? Because we knew this is happening. We're going to be planning a church, but where should we go? Um, right in the middle of all that, God miraculously sent us on a vacation to nowhere else but San Diego. (laughs) And so uh, we were leading up to that trip. God started really speaking strongly in my quiet time about planning the church, and it's kind of this moment of, God, hold on. Mm -hmm. Are you moving us to San Diego? Because we had no connections in San Diego. Um, I'd— I think I had come to San Diego once from the L.A. area one summer for lunch. That's about my experience with Mm -hmm. San Diego. And uh, we went on that trip, and when we came back from that trip, God did not let up. It was from there on out. He was speaking San Diego. To this day, he still confirms, this Mm -hmm. is where you're supposed to be. This is where I'm calling you. So you packed up, and you came, and the packing up included children, right? Yep, absolutely. My uh, daughter, when God called us out here, was five years old. She's now eight, uh-huh. and my son didn't exist, and now he <laughs> now he does. He's uh-huh. two years old, and uh, yeah, we we packed up and moved cross country, which sounds immediate, but from when God spoke started speaking San Diego at the end of 2019 to when we moved was a a process. We didn't move here till July of 2023. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought it was going to be quick. And God said, no, there's more to do where you are. You know, that's God's character. He He gives you the vision and you go, okay, I'll, I'll facilitate this and we'll conclude it tomorrow. And God goes, well, oh, no, you won't. It took my children 40 years to finish their trek. Yours is going to be demonstrably shorter, but nonetheless, there's lessons to learn on the journey. Absolutely. Any other thoughts about the lessons you have learned and are learning now in preparation? You know, when when God calls you to something and he confirms it and you know that it's what you're supposed to do, he gives you a step. Mm-hmm. And the walk of faith there you go. has become a statement less ethereal. You know, we, we hear, oh, uh, walk by faith, not sure. by sight. But when God calls you into a space where you only know the next step, but you know so strongly that he spoke, mm-hmm. it there's a reality to the way you live that is – it's edgy. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. 
it's full of the unknown, but it's full of peace. And and so I would say to answer that question, I've just been learning what it looks like to live by daily bread. Oh, oh that's so good. And, you know, as I look at the body of Christ, there are a lot of people that uh, deal with their faith abstractly, you know, like uh, all these different things about the times that we're in and things like that. A lot of it is just kind of more like uh, this is what the Bible says, so, okay, we embrace that th- theoretically. But a lot of times right now, it's in, in particular, we're having to put our faith to our feet. Absolutely. And so that's what's happening with you and my listening friend. Beware when God starts stirring that vision in you, he's going to take that ethereal faith, put it to your feet, and see oh, yeah. how you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if we're following God, it's going to involve some walking. And God put the feet to the pavement and go where God tells you to go. And it it might be to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. It might be to um, a different area of ministry within the church you're involved in, or Or it it might be across the country. Or maybe across (laughs) the street. I mean, it it could be anything as long as you're game for that. God knows where you are best suited. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? Uh, We're coming down to a few minutes before the break, so any other thoughts you want to do here. I know you've got some themes that you want to carry throughout the entire show. Yeah, Tell I, us a little bit about the theme we're going to be getting into. You talk about uh, you're being called to reach the, I thought this was very interesting, you were called to reach the N-O-N-E, the nun. Yeah, absolutely. So part of what we're excited about, about moving to San Diego is tied up in that conversation of the walk of faith. It's just the unknown with an expectation that God is ready to do something. And that something we believe is is for greater San Diego, but um, there is a, a group of folks that God has called us to, and, and they're called the nuns. Uh, that would be the plural, N-O-N-E-S, not really? to be confused with, you know, uh, other areas of Christianity, mm-hmm. but uh, the nuns are, according to research, one of the fastest growing religious groups in America, and they're people who would say that they're spiritual, but if they had to fill in a bubble that said what their religion was, they would select none. Yes. Uh, that's, yeah, that's because they don't see uh, the, their faith as a quote-unquote religion that's Kind of orthodox, kind of a here's, here's you know here's who I am and here's what I do and here's how I talk. They don't see it that way. I think they see it more as an internal relationship, and they don't like to be uh, called to the numbers of you know I'm this, I do this. And I, that's what I can understand your your phraseology of being a nun, n o n e. So my listening friend, we're going to further define what this nun group of people is because that's who Benjamin and his wife. Jennifer Gilmore are called to, and you may be called to the same group as well. So stay with us because you're going to be educated about the nuns, and not N-U-N, but the N-O-N-E-S, when Benjamin Gilmore and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. And my co-host and guest for this entire show is Benjamin Gilmore. He and his wife Jennifer and family have moved here from the Texas area. And it's uh, the church name, they're 
planning on using is Northgate Church. Isn't that right, Benjamin? Yes, sir. Yeah, and you kind of threw a name or a word at me in the last segment, and I went, oh, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> but I, it's, it's, you called it the, and identifying a group of people, you called them the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. And so I'm continuing my scratch, scratching of the head in this segment for you to explain it more clearly or f- so that even Kaz can understand. Absolutely. So you, you, you've heard of these nuns and N-O-N-E-S. Define them and where'd this word come from? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, typically in surveys of any population, one of the questions could be, what's your religion? Mm-hmm. And so someone might fill out Christian. Someone might fill out Muslim or all these other religions and there's a bubble at the bottom that says none. Mm-hmm. And research oh, shows I get it. over the last couple of decades that those who fill out the bubble none are the fastest growing religious group in America. Mm-hmm. So that means there are more and more people in America saying, I wish to be spiritual, but I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. And so the the trend in the research is actually maybe not surprisingly showing that this group is becoming more and more secular. I mean, just imagine if you and I one day decided, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of the community of Christ. We're going to isolate ourselves for whatever reasons. Um, isolation meaning I'm not going to be connecting with other believers around the table about God. Then you're going to drift Mm-hmm. And God made us for community, right? And so um, this group is becoming more secular and more um, prevalent. Mm-hmm. The the research of the nuns early on showed that, hey, there's a lot of young folks who are falling into this category, but it's becoming more prevalent across age demographics as sure. well. And so, yeah, go ahead. For San Diego County, mm-hmm. research shows, depending on where you look, 45 to 55% of San Diego County would say, my religion is none. Okay, well, let's further de- define this N-O-N-E, religion, non-religion. Um, I-, I wonder, of this large group, a 50%-ish uh, of a people group in a, in a city or county, um, I wonder how many of those are actually desiring to ask and have their questions answered and how many are agnostic or could care less. You know, I mean, that's a very interesting pool of people, but how many of them are really uh, wanting to hear truth, but they just didn't know the right box to check? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. Um, The research shows that more and more people are interested in having conversations yeah. as opposed to being talked at. And that that really, I believe, has to inform the way that we invite people into the conversation of Christ, of making it a conversation. Yeah. So, so your strategy in uh, beginning a church, the Northgate Church uh, of San Diego County, and you, and you chose actually the La Jolla, University, University City, and, City and La Jolla area. Okay. And so, and so how does that adjust or orchestrate your strategy in talking to these people? Obviously, the traditional church building model may not work. So what does the model look like? Or are you creating it as you go? Absolutely. I, we're doing a old thing new. So <laughs> just just going going back to being relational, inviting people around the table. Um, it, imagine... If you are someone who doesn't trust organized religion, which 
Again, the research shows that this is a major characteristic of the nuns. They, don't, they just don't trust organized religion. There could be a, a myriad of reasons, but they don't. Imagine that's you and you get a marketing flyer in the mail from this really, really good-looking guy like myself. Oh, yeah. You, you know, I just, forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah, just, <laughs> nice-looking guy. I heard, I heard a joke <laughs> once that uh, uh, I have a good face for radio. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the um, imagine you get that, that I'm, I'm on there. I'm like, hey, come to my building. And uh, you see all my social media posts and, and all these things. That's going to be a turnoff. Mm-hmm. I send out those mail outs. I do that those social media posts. That's going to attract some people to come, and they're great people. They're wonderful people. They're people who need Christ, and they're people that I would never turn away from sure. being a part of Northgate Church. But God's called us to people who will look at that and say, that's not for me. And so then the question becomes, well, then what, Lord, do we do? And God has just been really clear that we're supposed to take it one person at a time, one conversation at a time. We've seen God open conversations all over the place um, where we've been able to say, hey, you want to come over? And we, we're very open. What I say is um, we try not to be too religious, but we are unapologetically a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website, and it says on there, hey, we're a church, mm-hmm. <laughs> Northgate Church. But um, we... We invite people into a conversation, and if they're if they're too nervous to uh, to come to the table with us for a conversation, um, then we're friendly and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So it's so you're not condemning them or looking down on them if you don't if they don't respond the way that they uh, perceive you want them to respond. You there's no condemnation in that. Yeah, I mean, God does this wild thing with each and every one of us. He lets us say no, mm-hmm. and he lets us choose our own way. And so when we invite people to the t- table to, to – and when I say that metaphorically, mm-hmm. co- come with us, um, it's an invitation to Christ, and it's an invitation that they can, they can say no to. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking, but um, I think that when we're genuine and we let people know who we are, and that we respect that they have to say yes to the Lord, sure. then then that that in itself can open doors that maybe wouldn't have opened otherwise. That's that's so true. You know, it's interesting. The phraseology you're using frequently is relational or relationally. You look into the church environment, even in a, in a large community like San Diego County, and there are some churches that really embrace the programs. But uh, lesser degrees regarding the relational intimacy on that, and so even those who have the the uh, the definition of being a church may miss the relationality that is necessary that the Lord wants us to have in uh, building people groups together horizontally and uh, vertically unto Him as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think the challenge in any group that grows beyond a certain size. Mm-hmm is how do we know people and let them feel known? And when uh, when you're a group of 10 people, that's pretty easy. Yes, Relationships, automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not, then there's something weird going on. 
But then what happens when you get to 100? True. Or you get 200? And I think that's just a major challenge for a lot of churches. Of it is. How do we connect relationally? Yeah. And I, man, the answer to that question is not an easy button, right? That's right. That's yeah. Right. You know, the book, the book of Hebrews carries a scripture. You, you know the scripture I'm going to talk about. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. So that assembling together is really a relational request. It's assembling yourselves together. Um, and, and so uh, you're right. A lot of churches, that point where you get beyond the uh, 10, 12, 15, 20 people mode, then becomes challenging because all of a sudden you've got things that, you know, I need somebody to take care of the, the Bible study work, the, the children's church work, the, you know, the outreach things and, you know, the morning coffee thing, all these different things. And then they're assigned a task, but that task may take away from the intimate relationship and it becomes something that I'm obligated to do. We've got only a couple minutes left. You want to uh, finish this thought, and I want to get into the church planning mentality in the next segment. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm so excited to, to talk about the next uh, segment, and I don't want to step on the toes of it too much, but there is a, an element of having to understand, are we dealing with a people, a structure, or an organization? Ooh, a people, a structure, or an organization. You're going to remind me of that as we go into the next segment. But, I, I will do my best, but, yeah. But that, that is so true, but that's true in life as well. And my listening friend, your Holy Spirit is probably convicting you as he's convicting me in many ways about this. Of how are we dealing with uh, ministry-related things? Is it relational? Is it relational? Is it relational? And so I'm, I'm going to put it upon Pastor Benjamin of uh, Northgate Church to help us define what that looks like so that he can we can get our mentality about God's plans for planting a church and using perhaps us to do so relationally. <laughs> we'll talk more about this and so many other things when my co-host, Pastor Benjamin Gilmore, and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego, and the purpose of this particular broadcast is fulfilling the title of our show, and that is bringing the church together, bringing the body of Christ together, come together in San Diego. Come Together San Diego. My co-host for this entire two-hour show is... Benjamin Gilmore and he and his wife, um, Jennifer Pastor, are in the process of pastoring a church which is under the creation mode right now, is in development right now, called Northgate Church. And uh, I'm thrilled to hear your insights about this. And in the last segment, uh, Benjamin, we talked about we talked about the nuns churches, nun people, which had nun religion marked off in their you know checkered box. And uh, we talked a little bit about being relational. That seemed to be a major point. And so I want to spend some time talking about the strategy and planning a church. And during the break, we identified church as question mark. Is it organizational? Is it structural? Is it a building? I want you to carry through on that thought because this is uh, inspirational. As you share this, my listening friend, I want you to allow Holy Spirit to stir you as he defines 
what church planting may be like because maybe there's some areas there that are going to help you in your horizontal relationships as well. Absolutely. Um, This is a point I'm just so passionate about. Uh, I believe God's passionate about it. But really one of the questions we had to ask God in this journey was, okay, we're planting a church. What exactly does that mean? Mm -hmm. Are we swooping into San Diego and jumping in a building? Are we trying to build a a structure or organization? You know, Northgate Church, there's a 501c3 Mm -hmm. called Northgate Church. So did we mission accomplish it when we filed for that and got approval? Uh, Or is the church something else, something Mm -hmm. more? Mm -hmm. Is it a people? And the answer is it's a people. Yes. And – um. Northgate Church being in this planting phase, we have the wonderful luxury of very little confusion. Uh, <laughs> there is no building. Our structure is minimal, and we the Lord is gathering the people. And so right now it's easier in our context sure. to see that the church is people. Oh, yeah. But— you can attest, I can attest that there are contexts where it's harder to see that. Sure. And um, that's the challenge for the church today, I believe. You know, as I'm dwelling on this, the Holy Spirit dropped a, a scripture that Jesus gave to his disciples. The Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You look at the church, if it's an organization or a structure or a building, you see the, the enemy coming against those Vigilantly, I mean, those are targets for the enemy. The church, the church, uh, the, the gates of hell have targeted buildings. They've tar- targeted organizations, and they've targeted buildings. But and and the, those buildings and those structures have not and are not prevailing in and of themselves because that's not what Christ would identify as the church. He says, "I'm going to build the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." The church is look in the mirror. That's <laughs> Y O U, my friend. Absolutely. I mean. When we uh, think about these things, we have to understand buildings are super important. Mm-hmm. People need places to meet. Sure. My house is a building, and I'm thankful for it, right? Um, structures are important because they help people work well together. But if we are being the church and we are serving the church, then we are being a people of God and we are serving a people of God. And the understanding of those differences is really important mm-hmm. because um, we can lose sight of what it means to serve and to be. And we live in a culture where when you drive down the road, there is a sign that tells you that something is going on in a building right next to it. Like you drive by a sign, you say, oh, there's chicken there. I think I'm going to go in. And and the church has um, – fallen into pace with that, which is not a bad thing. It's a part of the culture that uh, people are used to seeing signs to tell you what's going on in the building. But because of that, we think the building is the church. Mm-hmm. And so because the building's the church, all of a sudden I can I go to this place called church. And it's in our language all over the place. Welcome to church. Mm-hmm. So glad you're here. And I believe that Christ would say, welcome to our community, mm-hmm. we're so glad you chose to be a part. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it's relational or family related, isn't it? Family. Yeah, absolutely. The body of Christ, the family of God. Mm-hmm. And 
And when we make these small confusions, it, it allows us to segment our lives in a way that being the church is something that happens over there or it happens by those people. And I've been I've been super guilty of all these things. This is something I'm learning myself yep. of of saying running into somebody with a problem and say, "Oh, you should call the church. Here's the phone number. Mm-hmm. They have programs that can help you." Mm-hmm. My thought first thought hasn't always been, "How can I meet this need? I'm the church." Mm-hmm. Because the nuns, they would hear that language and they would interpret it uh, as being religiosity. Absolutely. Instead of uh, relational. Yeah, programs and and uh, phone numbers of, of buildings with names you don't know and people yep. you haven't seen. And those mm-hmm. things are important. I got to tell you, Kaz, there are things that other people are better at than me, mm-hmm. right? And I might go to meet that need, and the best way I can meet the need is by connecting them with someone who's more equipped or knows more than me who are a part of the body of Christ. But is that my default? to pass people along to an organization. And that's really, it's a, it's a, it's a understanding thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you are learning new definition, new definitions of uh, church planning, the every step you take and uh, this re- refining you. One, one of the challenges, a person comes out of a seminary environment and there's an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, ba, 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 D, D, D. And you go, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 every box. You appropriately check, and you go, ah, I must be a pastor now. But the the whole issue there is relational, 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 family, horizontal family relationship, and horizontal family uh, includes a vertical family, Father, Son, Holy Spirit as well. And if we get too involved in the uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we're forgetting about the intimacy of the horizontal and vertical relationships. Absolutely. A, B, C, D, E, F, G <laughs> is setting the table. Mm-hmm. This table must be set yes. to meet with God, to meet with others. I mean, God sets tables. He puts a table in the presence of my enemies <laughs> for me to dine with yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so those things are important, yeah. but they're not the thing. Right. You see the table and it's set and everything like that. That's a table and it's set and it serves food, but... Who attends the table and who sits at the table? That's really the, the thing, you know, the Last Supper. You know, there's a nice table thing going on there, but it's the people who sat around the table of that Last Supper yep. that made the difference. Absolutely. And it's it's really a heart thing. You know, I have some friends who have planted churches very recently with a completely different strategy because God's calling them to do it that way for meeting a different people group. Um and they're doing what God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. So they're setting the table mm-hmm. in the way God's calling them to. We're setting the table. Maybe our table looks more like a picnic blanket on yeah, the beach. Yeah. But uh, we're setting the table as God's called us to. And so the worst thing we can do is turn what we're saying right now into yet another formula. Exactly. And it just comes straight down to what is the Holy Spirit calling you to do. That's right. Th- th- those people... Um that are formulaic about this, those churches may be uh, enticing those who checked one of the other boxes and not the nun box. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the nun group of people, you got to deal with totally differently because the people that have checked the other boxes, they've been in environments and they know what they're getting into, so it's not really a threat or an insult to have these things as the tools to get them to that intimate relationship. But the nuns... N-O-N-E-S have to be dealt with differently because they've already 
they've already walked away from the structured environments. Yeah. I mean, we want to, we want people to feel safe to meet with God, no matter the context, no matter what church you're a part of. If there's not a perception and a reality of safety to be vulnerable, to meet with God, to meet with each other, then people aren't going to engage and they're going to hide themselves from God and That's from right. others. That's right. It's fun talking with you, uh, Benjamin, because uh, you're opening my eyes too on this uh, front. And speaking of opening one's eyes, uh, when, when you open your eyes, you get visions. And one of the things we're going to talk about in the next few segments are the different categories of visions that God has given you. In the book of Habakkuk, it says, write the vision and make it plain upon tables. So the whole idea of having a vision is important. And uh, you've identified several visions that you want to talk about. And the first segment we're going to talk about in, uh, upcoming is uh, how you properly source the people and the situations. And we're going to talk about this uh, in the next segment. I'm so pleased to have Pastor Benjamin Gilmore with me and this newfound church called Northgate Church happening soon in an area near you. We'll talk more about that and so much more when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego, and we are introducing a new pastor, a new church environment to San Diego from the Texas area to the San Diego area. And this is Pastor Benjamin Gilmore, and the church that they have named is North Gate Church. Isn't that right, Benjamin? Absolutely. And uh, we talked a little bit about the things, the categories of people and things like that, that they're looking to to uh, invite and entice to join with them. And then, you know, I, and during the close of the last segment, we talked about how well people are uh, seeing what you're offering. And, and one of the phraseologies that was brought to my mind is to write the vision and make it plain upon t- tables that they that read it may run with it. Uh, and the, the, that vision is for an appointed time. There's an appointed time for the vision that God has given you, and you've actually sat down and you've inscribed several different components of this vision. You call them vision one, two, or three, or however you identify them. But let's walk through what God has given you and talk a little bit about the first part of the vision or vision one. What does that mean to you and help define that for our listening audience? Thank you. Yeah, so as we're in conversation with the Lord about what he was calling us to be a part of here in San Diego, God really highlighted Ezekiel 47. And it's actually where the name of the church comes out of. The angel of the Lord leads Ezekiel out of the north gate of the temple <laughs> Good. and around the side to see the the waters, the healing waters flowing out of the temple and the presence of God. And so from Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 12, we saw four things that we felt like God highlighted as vision points. And so this first one is sourced rightly. If if you look at Ezekiel 47, there are trees that are planted mm-hmm. all along these waters coming out. And we'll we'll talk more about it, but they have they have fruit. They have leaves for healing, mm-hmm. and it's all attributed to the fact that they're sourced 
rightly. Mm -hmm. And so we believe God wants to see his people as that are a part of Northgate Church, but really all people sourced rightly. So what does that mean? Yes, what does that mean? Sourced rightly. We have to pause and say, honestly, God, where am I looking to find my peace? God, where am I looking to find truth? God, where am I looking to find comfort, to find hope, to find provision? Where am I sourcing these things? And if it's somewhere other than God, then you're not sourced rightly. And it, mm -hmm. it's a problem that if you if you survey Scripture, you see it happening in different instances. If if we pause long enough to look, I mean, you can, my life is a case study for it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but Genesis chapter three, there's all kinds of problems with Adam and Eve and believing the lies of the enemy. Mm -hmm. But part of that situation was them unplugging from God as the source of truth and allowing the enemy, Satan, to be their source of truth. Yes. And more than that, they said, God, um, you made me in your image to be like you, but I'm actually going to unplug from you as my source of identity and try to become like you myself mm -hmm. through some effort. Well. Wow. And and you know the whole idea of sourcing is it, it, the enemy is pretty devious, and so he can create a, a source that sounds like the right source. It's the difference between and you talk about it in Ezekiel, but it's also in uh, Revelation twenty two. Uh, yep. it, it's it's this. Where's the source? And is the, is the source the tree of life, or is it of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You know, and the scripture talks about there's a thing that seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And so a lot of times people are sourcing themselves to a thing that seems right in their own intellect, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. And you, you're really hitting it there. Where are you desiring to be sourced, my friend? You don't want to be sourced by a counterfeit. Mm -hmm. You want to be sourced by the real thing. And counterfeit, I mean, that's the word, right? Um, the Holy Spirit offers for us. Love, joy, peace, mm -hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yes. But we go to other places for those things, and we come up empty. Yes. And and that is the the weight of being sourced rightly mm -hmm. when we're plugging into things that should be life. We're told they're life, but they only hold death. Yes. I mean, that's the ultimate deception, isn't it? It is the ultimate deception. And so— in every area, I have to pause long enough. And boy, do we live in a society that fights against that. We have to pause long enough to say, God, these areas that I'm experiencing frustration or seeing lack, I don't have enough joy. Well, am I really going to God for my mm -hmm. joy? Part of my story is I I came into a season of severe frustration that God wasn't doing the things that I thought he should do based on promises he made. And I, I was crying out to the Lord from Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick, Lord. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And as only God can do, he gently interrupted me and said, but what are you putting your hope in? Ooh. And I immediately knew I was putting my hope in what might come from his hand as opposed to putting it in him. I, listen to that little nuance. It is a nuance. We, we can think that we're going to God for joy but we're really just, we're not. Mm -hmm. We think we're going to him for peace, but really we're, maybe we're just trying one of those programs mm -hmm. or we're, we're checking the boxes that 
that if I do these things and we're really engaging in a self-help book, yes, that's right. Then going to the person of God. But you know, here's the thing that God is so great. He allows you to experiment a little bit because he wants you to realize, no, that didn't work. There must be a better way. And as soon as you get to that point, then you are trusting in the Lord and not yourself. But all of us, every one of us have those little niches in our life. We go, "Mm, I think I got this one. And God's going, go ahead. As long as you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you'll find out quickly that that wasn't really the right way. There's a way that seems right into a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. You just treaded down that path, but you've only treaded it one or two paces. We can walk back and go the other direction now. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, we all we all think we have peace until it's challenged, right? Yeah, oh, and we, so right. we find out, oh, well— um, there's more work to be done inside of me. Yes. But but the truth of the matter is, and this should give you a little bit of peace of heart, and that is none of us have really fully gotten it yet. Mm-mm. So God says, it's okay. You can make these slight miscalculations. As long as you're listening to me, I can bring you back. But you can learn by those missteps anyway. Oh, yeah. So take that to your benefit. And uh, when when you do that, you, you guys always fine-tuning us and finer and finer-tuning us. So that's where we are in our yeah. faith. Kaz, it's almost like he's a, a good father who uses all things for the good of those who love him and diligently seek him. Oh, sure. Don't, t- don't touch that burner, <laughs> child. Don't touch that burner. And you say it three or four times, and now that you let the child go, and all of a sudden you know they're going to touch the burner, mm-hmm. and they're going to get burned, but that burn will heal, and they'll come running back to me and go, oh, I hurt myself. And you go, I told you. Yep. you listen to me. Yep, absolutely. Good absolutely, yeah. So... That that sourced rightly peace is something we believe God wants to see. And we when we talk about the vision of Northgate Church, I really try and language it of these are the things that God wants to see. Yes. Because they're not things that I can make happen. Mm-hmm. And you talk about work needing to be done with all of us. Here here I am telling on myself again. I spent <laughs> I spent a lot of my life attempting Mm-hmm. to make the call, a call of God on my life happen through my own efforts. Sure. And through a very painful, long journey, I had to learn that the dreams that God has for your life are God's dreams mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he has for your mm-hmm. life. And one of the things we can't get all caught up in is I've made missteps in my life, therefore I'm not good. I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not even a, a good candidate for what God wants to be. And you can walk away from it. That's the enemy's... St- st- style is to say, see, you didn't do right. You're no good. 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 And God says, oh, those missteps when you come back to me makes you stronger and better. My listening friend, uh, we're about ready to take a break here. We've talked about the first part of the vision that uh, God has given Pastor Benjamin, and that is be rightly sourced. There's a few other vision components that we're going to talk about in the next segments. Wait till you hear about them, my friend, and it's going to help you and help set you free. My listening friend, it's uh, going to be a moment or two, and we're going to take a break, and I think probably um, uh, you're going to be thrilled with what we have to say, because what we have to say is something that you've been needing to know for your whole life. In fact, we all always need to know different increments of that as we go. So there are great plans for you, and if you're disillusioned saying, boy, have I blown it, yeah, we've all blown it, but the good news is you haven't blown it beyond God's ability to heal you and make you even stronger through that error that you've made. So we're going to talk more about those and many other things, and God is giving you a vision too. What does that mean to you? We're going to talk more about that when we bring uh, uh, Pastor 
Benjamin Gilmore back to talk more about these things because these things God has given you to become better, stronger, wiser. We'll talk more about that when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on KPraise. Welcome back to the second hour of Come Together San Diego. It goes quickly, my friends. It goes quickly. And oftentimes when I bring a guest that hasn't been with me on the radio before, they go, wow, that happened quickly. I said, yes, it does. And when you're following the Lord, it may look like it's going to be a long and laborious thing. But when you look back at it, you go, boy, that happened kind of quickly. <laughs> and so we're talking about uh, God's vision that he gives people to, in this particular instance, how that vision relates to uh, constructing or building uh, a church. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And a lot of times you do things that you think are building God's church and you go, but uh, the enemy is prevailing and winning against all this stuff. Then you need to rethink that and see what God's really telling you. By the way, my friend, I always, at this point in time, I like to give the information for you to get back to me and be able to communicate with me and send me an email. Uh, I'm going to give that to you right now, and then we're going to go on about the show. But if you want to go to come together San Diego at kprz.com, come together San Diego at kprz.com, you can drop me a line and uh, in invite me to visit a certain topic or say, I like this topic or I don't like this topic, and here's some insights I have. All that stuff, I love to read about that. Come together, San Diego at kprz.com. Now we're talking about vision and how God answers that vision, and sometimes the enemy uses that as a means of condemnation. God uses it as a stepping stone into greater faith. So we talked a little bit about the first part of the vision, and that is being sourced rightly next to the proper sources like the tree of life and and the river of God and things like that. That's where we want to be. And the enemy goes, I've got a similar tree. You want to embrace that one? It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Come on over. <laughs> and the Lord says, that's wrongly sourcing. Uh, you get the second part of the vision. You want to just close this thought about the vision first part and then jump into the second part of the vision? Yeah, I mean, sourced rightly really comes into the second part of the vision that we believe God has for Northgate Church. Being sourced rightly, I mean, if you look at Ezekiel 47, which is, as I mentioned, where the church name came from, where all this vision births out of, in Ezekiel 47, these trees are rooted. Yes. They are rooted by this water of life coming from the temple. Uh, scholars agree that this water is emanating from the person and presence of God who's indwelling the temple. That's where they're sourced. They're sourced rightly. And because they're sourced rightly, it impacts the fruit of their tree, of yes. who they are. And the leaves. Absolutely. Uh, he'll, he'll, and the leaves. The you know, it's interesting that you're bringing up this topic now. We've entered into the 11th month of the biblical calendar. That's the month of Shavat. And the tribe of that uh, that uh, month is Asher, and the this is a, also the new year of tree, trees. You know, there's a different new years in the biblical calendar, and this is the new year of trees. And so, when you're talking about the you know the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and things like that, that's exactly where we are right now. But also the body of water that flows. This is you know each month has a celestial connection as well, biblically, um, and it's not hocus-pocus, or new agey at all. But this particular uh, time frame is a time of the celestial uh, 
stars of Aquarius. And Aquarius, of course, means water. Mm. And water is a, a source of joy, but it's a source of life as well. So talking about this subject right now in this monthly time frame is remarkable. And I think this is no surprise to God. Go ahead. Yeah, God, God's up to something good. Absolutely. That's for sure. Um, so these trees in Ezekiel 47, because they're sourced rightly, they're, it impacts what they produce. And they're their leaves are used, we see in Ezekiel 47, for healing. The waters are transforming and bringing healing to dead places. We believe that God has a vision for San Diego that for whatever reason he's invited my wife and I to be a part of uh, to bring complete healing. And the the reason that I use the words complete healing or, or as we say it in our vision statement, uh, healed completely mm-hmm is that that's the heart of God. And we see that heart expressed through Jesus in Luke chapter 2 as he stands up in the synagogue and he quotes Isaiah 61. And I'll just read it here briefly, the, those couple of verses, 18 and 19. The mm-hmm. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the uh, Lord's favor. There's this work that Christ came to earth to do, and he continues to do, to bring healing and transformation on the inside out. That's so good. Healed completely. We're these tripart people. We're body, we're soul, we're spirit, and the heart of God is to leave none of that out. Mm-hmm. That he wants to touch and he wants to bring healing to to every part, and and uh, so yeah, we believe that's what God wants to see. Oh, I love it! I love it. So you're getting an education as you're preparing to give other people an education. God is educating you and your wife as you begin this church outreach called Northgate Church. Once again, why don't you give us the website? Yeah, the website is northgatepeople.com. That's northgatepeople.com. Uh, put up that website. There's a couple things you can find there. Uh, if you're into vision statements and mission statements and that sort of, sort of thing, we, we put that on there. Uh, I actually do a daily devotional that I post on there Monday through Friday. Right now I'm going through the Book of Romans. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, folks who enjoy walking that. I call it the one-step daily devotional because mm-hmm. – that's what I'm doing in life right now. I got one step at a time. That's all I know. Yep. Um, and so there's some other other things there, ways to give and and such. But um, yeah, if you're if you're like, oh, what what were those vision points? You can you can find them there. Exactly. And you know that's one of the challenges that we get in a traditional church environment where a person has gone through the seminary thing and things like that. They they've already got all their books and everything else, and they go, I'm going to be teaching something that I taught last month, last last year the year before that, the decade before that, and they just keep going back to the old notes. But God is a God of continual change, but you can all, all in, a, in a very positive way, is changing for for the better. And sometimes if we package, this is how we're going to do it, period, that's uh, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's uh, eating a, fr- a fruit that the enemy can manipulate. Mm. And so God wants all pastors to be fresh and new and learning as they go as well. And sometimes some pastors go, I, I don't have to do any more of this other stuff. I'm just going to take my teachings of the past and brush off 
brush them off and take the dust off and just reteach and reteach. God's word is new and ever increasing in uh, understanding. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he's doing a new thing all the time. Do you not perceive it? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yes. And, um, you know, it's interesting as you were sharing that, I was just reminded in Ezekiel 47, it's the neatest thing, these trees with their fruit. They're pro- it says they produce mm-hmm. every month. Mm-hmm. That there's something new there coming you go. forth every month, mm-hmm. and and um, there's a, a freshness that um, is involved with being healthy mm-hmm. and healthy, being healed completely. That that lifestyle of being sourced rightly by Him and being able to share healing, being able to share health is it's a it's a new thing being produced thing. all the time. And really a, a very, very vital key is listening to Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Listening to Holy Spirit. Once you go, you got, I've, got this, I've got this lesson packaged and I can use it again and again and again. Well, Holy Spirit may be talking about different nuances of that. Uh, my wife is going through Torah teaching, teaching of you know the, the, the Bible Torah. Fantastic. And she, she's the third year of going through the same cyclical thing. And each year she goes... I'd never heard this before. Well, she's heard it, but now is the time where she's ready to listen to it. So what God wants to do is he says, I want you to revisit my truths in Scripture, and I'm going to blow on it and show you some things you hadn't even considered before. Absolutely. And, you know, as as we go through these vision points for Northgate Church, there's something that God wants to speak to the listener. Yes. On two levels, one, what we're talking about, and two, the vision that he's giving them. He wants to breathe on it. That's right. He wants to to show them something that they haven't seen before mm-hmm. in his word about what he said to them that is a right now thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about an athlete, you know, when an athlete learns the Fosbury flip or whatever, the different different uh, skills to, to get from point A to point B in their athletic endeavor. Uh, you learn something and you, and you keep going with that, and you go, oh, that worked, that worked, and God says, okay, now, I, now you, you, you've been an athlete in this area for years, and He goes, now, have you ever thought about just changing your balance just a little bit here? And all of a sudden, everything changes. The doors of opportunity are open greater and greater, and that takes a good athlete into a great athlete. It's the same thing with a Christian life. It's going to take a Christian mentality even more deeply and more. Enhanced. We're going to talk more about this, but you've got a few more visions to talk to us about, and we're going to delve into those, my friend. My listening friend, it's a joy to have uh, Pastor Benjamin Gilmore of Northgate Church with us, and we're going to talk more about that in the future segments, but it's northgatepeople.com. We'll talk more about that and so much more when Pastor Benjamin and Kaz come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back, my friends. and This is Come Together San Diego, and we're spending some time digging into what church planting may look like, and we're introducing a brand-new pastor to the scene, Benjamin and his wife, Jennifer Gilmore, and the church name is Northgate Church. Website for that is northgatepeople.com. I have to laugh because we're going over the different segments that that uh, 
Benjamin outlined, and I misread the, the, the next part of the vision. And I think it's appropriate for me to mention how I misread it, because some churches misread it as well in the way that they may deal with people. And I said the next part of the vision is going to be um, uh, disciplining deeply. And he goes, oh, I think that's wrong. And so it was really disciple instead of discipline, disciple decently. But sometimes we, as we're doing our Christian thing, we can misinterpret what God's words are and misapply them. And I just almost did it in, during the show, and it would have been embarrassing for me to say, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, discipline, disciplining deeply, right, Benjamin? And he goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, but fortunately, we caught it during the break, and it's how to disciple Deeply, <laughs> Benjamin. It's good. It's a good catch. It's a good catch right there. Yeah, um, as we were journeying, if you will, through Ezekiel forty-seven, you see a really curious thing, and that's that the angel of the Lord leads Ezekiel into the waters mm-hmm. to measure them, and there's this incremental uh, process of him go seeing and experiencing the depths and the width of this outflow of who God is. And we we really felt the Lord speaking to us that that was a picture of discipleship, that God desires his people to be discipled deeply. And so it to me so much goes to definitions. Like what what do you mean by that? What what is being discipled? And if you look at as we should Jesus's context and Jesus as a rabbi, the the process of being a disciple is being a student of a teacher, but not in a classroom in the way that we experienced in our context, but of following him and not mm-hmm. just observing his teachings, but watching him live them. And so when we uh, say that we believe God wants to see people disciple deeply, we believe that God wants to see people following Jesus hearing his teachings, but seeing how he lives them and would have us live them out. And being discipled, I have, here I am telling on myself again, it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, <laughs> here, here I am, I, I carry baggage around the world or disciple. That in church context I was in, People would say, hey, I want to disciple you, and it, it felt strange. Whatever they meant, I don't know, because unfortunately, in a lot of times, I didn't give them the opportunity to share, but we are to create disciples of Christ, and so we see different disciples in Scripture, in specifically the Gospels. Mm-hmm. We see disciples of John, John the Baptist. We see disciples of the Pharisees, and the disciples of the Pharisees, uh, they're in a rough place. Jesus tells the Pharisees that you're making people twice as bad, uh, way worse than you, even yourselves. Um, the disciples of John are interesting because John says, John the Baptist says, I must become less. He must become more. John's whole prerogative was to turn people to Jesus as quickly as they looked at him. Yeah. We see several of the key disciples of Jesus came out of the ministry of following John. Uh, we see Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Um, so there's got to be an intentionality 
in what we invite people to of, hey, I'm not asking you to just do as I do and do as I say, because I'm not really good at doing what I say anyways. I'm inviting you to follow Christ as I follow Christ. That as soon as someone looks at me, I'm turning them to following Jesus as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a phrase that came up as you were talking about that, and it's the phrase that I sometimes use is lifestyle evangelism. A lot of times people say, here's how you do it, here's how you do it. But it's our obligation not only to say how you do it, but to live it ourselves and understand that even our living it has to point to Jesus and not going, aren't I great, be, you know, me. But it was said, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, don't follow me. When I don't follow Christ, follow me as I follow Christ. And so that should be our lifestyle ministry as well. Absolutely. And there's a there's a a genuine quality and honesty mm-hmm. that I believe is very attractive to unbelievers, that is very attractive to the nuns that says, follow me as I very humanly follow Christ. And what I mean by that is even what I what I doing here together, telling on myself, like, hey, guys, Scripture says that we should love one another, and I'm not always good at that. And here's the situations that the Holy Spirit showed me that are weak for me, that when I'm tired or when I'm hungry or these things, I don't love people so well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as the body, will you help me with that, and I'll help you with that, and let's try to go together to love one another well and following Christ. Oh, that's so good. And and it's— so many of these uh, things we – I'm not saying things people haven't heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the shifts, it's not like, oh, go – you know, I wanted to start a church or I wanted to be a part of a ministry or I am a part of a ministry that, oh, well, I need to just destroy all of our structure and all of our programs and all this stuff and then I can get back to basics. No. Yeah. No, you have to be faithful sure. to what God's calling you to do in your context. And if there are programs and there are these things, which a lot of times comes out of mm-hmm. growth mm-hmm. very naturally, um, what what does it look like in that context to do these things, mm-hmm. to follow Christ? And um, I think we'll find that God is really good. Yes, he is. At allowing us to follow him well with mm-hmm. purity of heart and honesty within the context that we're Yes, in. but it allows for uh, adjusting in the errors that you make. One of the key phrases that you've used several times in these segments is, I'm going to tell on myself when you say, I- I've fallen prey to this myself. You know, uh, there are some pastoral uh, teachings and instructions that the pastor's never supposed to admit their own frailties or anything like that. And I've seen that in some church environments where the pastor, you know, this they give the illusion of a superhuman kind of being, you know, that everything that they do is exactly right and well-spoken. The truth of the matter is we all make errors. And if a pastor or a leader says, you know what, I blundered there, I need you to realize that I, I blundered, because what that does, it ingratiates you to the person that's listening and saying, I've made blunders too, but he's uh, going on in, in God, and that means that I can go on in God as well. I mean, that's absolutely amazing, and uh, that's what, part of what lifestyle ministry or discipline versus <laughs> disciple means. God doesn't want to discipline us when we make a mistake. He wants to disciple us out of that mistake into good things. Well, and I think what what you're touching on there— um, 
touches on something I'm passionate about as well, is as a church body, and I mentioned the word in another segment, safe. Mm -hmm. People have to be safe enough or feel safe enough um, because people can have the reality of safety. If they don't feel it, Mm -hmm. then we've lost. They can have the perception of safety and the reality not be there, and we're lost. And we have to create a space where people can say, hey, uh, pastor, I don't understand this. I see this going on. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, can you explain that to me? There, it has to be a safe place for conflict. Mm-hmm. And and when we, as and I'll say when we as leaders, either by accident or ignorance or maybe in some cases intention, paint a picture that I am perfect, mm-hmm. then we've cut off all permission sure. for people to have that safe conflict. That's right. And and the, and the safe place actually works both ways. It's a safe place for them to communicate this, but it's also a safe place for you as their leader to say, you know, that oh, has been a blind spot. Mm. And I thank you for that bringing that to my attention. What that does is it not only ingratiates you and creates this personal dynamic intimacy of relationship horizontally, but it also gives a level of, of freedom for you to grow as a pastor and me to grow as a person that's hearing your tutelage. And when we work together like that, uh, we're dynamic and undefeatable. And the Lord says, yay, and the enemy goes, Ugh. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> We've only got about a minute left. So um, I'm, we're having fun walking through these different visions. Uh, we've got another vision to talk about, and this is one that has been kind of a stumbling stone to a lot of different people. It has to do with giving and generosity and things like that. We're going to talk more about that in the next segment. Thank you. You're opening a lot of eyes, I think, in what's going on right now here. Pastor Benjamin. So do not stop. We're going to talk more about that and so many other things because we've got some summary to do about everything. Put them all together and all you got is God's plan for you and your life. We're going to talk about that. And uh, my dear brand new friend, Pastor Benjamin and I are going to talk about that when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego. It's just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego. And this whole show is built around the phraseology of the show. Come Together San Diego. That's what our cry is here from Come Together San Diego. We've been in sixth and seventh year now coming to pass right now. We've been on the air for a long time on KPRZ, and it's a joy to be able to share things that, with the focus of bringing God's kids together. And the topic today is bringing God's kids together as we introduce a brand new pastor, uh, Pastor Benjamin Gilmore, and a brand new church uh, showing up soon at a county area near you, and that's called Northgate Church. Pastor Benjamin, it's good to have you, my friend. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy to be here with you. You know, we... we teased a little bit about what's going to happen in this segment. We talk about uh, generosity and giving and things like that. That in itself can be a very, very dangerous topic because that has, in many instances, that has been the separating uh, element that has divided churches when you talk about the giving and generosity mentality. And who's to say how what generous is? A pastor, uh, some pastors may say, well, here's what generous is, is funding this, blah, 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 and funding that, and blah, 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 and uh, funding my new jet airplane, and funding my... Uh, no, 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 no. 
Holy Spirit wants to direct us what generosity means, and we will ultimately find out what generosity means as we study the Word and we understand how Jesus himself was generous, and it wasn't to give him the greatest jet or automobile. I'm being facetious, but you know what I'm saying. So I'm going to have you talk a little bit about this vision portion called Giving Generously, Pastor Benjamin. Absolutely. Thank you, Cass. I'm having a good time. I'm having, having a good, good time. time. All right, good. Me too. Yeah, I'm excited to to talk about this. Uh, just returning to Ezekiel 47, where we felt the Lord speak to us about what He wants to see in and through Northgate Church. The the trees that are rooted and planted alongside the healing waters, the the overflow of the person of God. These trees, they're giving generously. Mm-hmm. The fruit Ooh, of their yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. It, scripture there says that it's being used for food. Their leaves are being used for healing. The things that are produced out of their life as a result of being plugged into God are being generously given away for the good of others. And, you know, you're so right that the conversation of generosity, of giving, it's prickly, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> prickly, I like uh, it's... People have had all kinds of experiences Mm -hmm. around that conversation, and certainly in Scripture, Jesus is not shy in using money as a metaphor, in talking about giving, in in, there's—you can't—it's there, right? It's black and white. We need to tithe these things. But in giving generously, this conversation, this vision piece is an understanding that being generous is about more than just what's in your wallet. There you go. That the the conversation of giving generously as someone who follows Christ, that the things that you have that he's entrusted you with, they, they're there to be given away. Um, maybe it's God's entrusted you with certain talents. You could be broadcasting about a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but you heard the call of God to use this talent to give generously to everyone. Kind words, yeah. Yeah, who's listening. Mm-hmm. There, Not enough can be said about the power of words, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's your time. How many of us are stingy with our time? Mm-hmm. And we may not think that way because when we think about our time, we think about, well, my kids get this much time, my spouse gets this much time, my work gets this much time, and we find out how generous we are with our time when the stranger comes by and needs a minute unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Then we find out who we think owns our time. Oh, that's so good. Boy, that's a convicting statement, isn't it? Or is is your time your time? Mm -hmm. Well, if it's your time, then you decide the value of that minute. But if it's God's time, he decides the value of that minute mm-hmm. and you're going to give it away. Yeah. And so the it it can be money, absolutely. Is it? Yes, but it, the giving generously to live this generous life, it's about more than just that. Yeah. And when you said money and then you, uh, you did a comparison about giving of time, sometimes just a lot of people their time is even more valuable than money. And but but as the point of the matter is God will help parse out exactly what this generosity is going to look like. Is it generosity with finances or time or both or something else? 
something yep. else. I was, you know, I was, I was working on a project last night and accidentally deleted the whole thing. Oh and my. Th- that cost me zero dollars, but it cost me some time. Yes. And that was almost money. I might be able to make some more. God, you know, God willing, he's, he's providing. Um, but time. Yep. That's we'll precious. We'll and see. so, um, the giving generously, it, this really informs how we walk in life as the body of Christ. Because if we're walking and we're giving generously of these things, then we really are following our teacher, Jesus. That he, he gave all. In fact, Paul says in Philippians that he gave up everything just to come to earth. Yes. And when he came to earth, how much more did he give? He gave, he gave mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. He gave it all. For God so loved us, he gave. Like giving is the natural product of God's love. Say that again. That is so good. Give, giving is a natural product of God's love. Yeah. God loved so much that he gave. That the appropriate action yep. was giving. Oh, that's good. If there was a better action, God would have done it. Yep. Because he's He's always doing the best thing. That's so good. And so if we're following Jesus, we're living as he's living, and we're loving as he's loving, then giving is going to happen. And so the dangerous question, Uh the dangerous (laughs) question that I have to allow the Holy Spirit to poke on my heart is, is you're not giving in this area. Are you loving in this area? And, And that's... That's a legitimate question. It is. And now maybe you're like, oh, I'm not I'm not giving in this area because that area is empty. There's nothing to give there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a conversation with the Lord, because guess who guess who's our source? Yes, that's right. Where are we turning to for source? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And the interesting thing is when you are deficient in one area, that's God's uh, opportunity to show you that somebody else can give into that area for you and help heal you in that area. So it's n- not me against the world. It's us yeah. and, and the Lord against the world, and uh, all the solutions are in him. You know, I'll be honest. I always want to be the giver. Yeah. It's, it takes some humility that I don't always mm-hmm. like to be the receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, man, yeah, being the body of Christ— that's, yeah, you said it. That's how it goes. Give and take. Yeah. Give and take, give and take. But uh, everything is under Holy Spirit direction. That's one of the things. So every time you get you stumble and you go, oh, I kind of blew it. But Holy Spirit has allowed you to blow it to bring you back more richly. Yeah. Um, the The temptation can be to ask, what would God do in this situation? as opposed to asking God, what should I do in this situation? Explain the difference. So what would God do in this situation looks for patterns and formulas of the nature and character of God to inform my decision. And that's not a bad thing. No. But we have to understand that God is with us. And we can look to him and say, God, what would you do right Mm -hmm. now? What would you have to do? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I can be very religious doing what I think God would do, or I can be very relational and do what he's telling me to do. Oh, man, that is so right on. I can do religious and do what maybe the Scripture implies, or I can be relational and say, what are you saying to me right now, Holy Spirit? Wow. What if 
I want to give my time in an area, but Uh God wants you to give time in that area. And I just say yes, because it's an opportunity without asking God, should I do this? Oh, man. Then I've robbed you of the thing that God's calling you to do. Oh, that's hefty. That's big time. It is big time. It's humbling, man. It sure is. I need God as source, I tell you. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And so, you know, that that is so good because, you know, we're believers and we want to listen and obey, but sometimes we want to listen and we go, oh, that that's my, my wheelhouse. I can do that. But God's may, may be saying, you know, we're cultivating this person to your left and to your right and want that to become their wheelhouse as well. So if you hand the baton to them and you kind of overview it and, and encourage them, all of a sudden you've got two dynamos instead of just one. Yeah, I mean, we, our, our temptation. We've got about 30 seconds left. But, you got uh, it. So we, I want to talk, we'll close this in the next segment, but we also, this last closing segment, is what we like to do is to summarize everything we talked about and give people a literal call to action, how to get there from here. We're going to do that, and I'm just so thrilled to be newfound friends of uh, Pastor Benjamin Gilmore of Northgate Church. We'll talk more about these things and close the show down in this last segment. Don't go away because we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends, to the concluding segment of Come Together San Diego. Yes, we've been together for a couple hours now and sharing with you some insights about um, how to be equipped in God's provision, how to experience freedom. That was one of the things I identified with your church early on as we began this program, a a freedom ministry and an equipping ministry by the name of Northgate Church and the pastor's Pastor Benjamin and his wife Jennifer Gilmore and their family. Uh, welcome to San Diego from Texas. Thank you. We're <laughs> super glad to be here. Oh, we're glad that you're here as well. Uh, what we like to do in the last segment, uh, Benjamin, is we like to basically conclude the previous comments and then tie everything together as a summary. And anything that's going on that's pertinent right now you want to share about, that's great. And also, not to forget about the website, which is... NorthgatePeople.com. NorthgatePeople.com. You might want to go there, my friends, and dig on into that. You'll get a sense of the character of the people, but the character of the God whom they serve. That's really a big thing. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Why don't you tighten down this reference to uh, giving generously, and then we'll jump on into some of the other activities that are going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we just ended that last segment talking about giving generously Mm -hmm. and we look like our Father in heaven when we are giving from a place of love. And even Scripture says, if you're going to give, it's a heart thing. God cares about your heart. Don't mm-hmm. just give, but give from the heart. Sweet. And so um, that that's a place that we believe God's calling his people back to is a place of living from the heart, mm-hmm. of living from that that deep place and and we get you know you mentioned freedom ministry you mentioned equipping as as being a part of the maybe it's a part of the fabric mm-hmm. of of Northgate Church it's certainly been major ministry emphases in in my um experience but so so often we hide our hearts 
Yes. Because of hurt, because we don't feel safe, because of past experiences. Sometimes we don't even know why. We're hiding our heart from God. Mm-hmm. We're hiding our heart from others. And the the freedom work, the the uh, equipping, the giving of tools mm-hmm. for the body of Christ to follow him well, these things matter because when our heart is is where it's supposed to be, where it's healed, then there's a generosity flowing from our life that that sets others free. Yes. That that gives to them what they need. And and um we mentioned in giving generously that money is a, a thing, but money isn't the thing. In fact, when we give money to any church or ministry, our hope is somehow that somehow that that money is magically turned into a transformation for eternity. Oh, that's so and that's good. that's what matters. That's what matters. And so, when we uh, talk about the work that God wants to do through Northgate Church, it, it's it's a heart thing. There are people with hearts of stone that need hearts of flesh. There are people with hurt hearts, wounded hearts that need healing. There's people whose hearts are deflated and broken because they've been sourcing in all the wrong places, and the 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 peace tank, the joy tank, the you name it, is empty because they've been sourcing in the wrong places. And so, we believe God wants to see people sourced rightly, Mm -hmm. healed completely, discipled deeply, and giving generously. I can't make that happen. No. But God can. But that's a wonderful vision, and I think those are godly, wise stepping stones, my listening friend. Uh, this is time for us to give you that call to action right now. So, some of you are going to take this and you're going to say, I was in the nun column when I uh, identified my religion in the nun column. That would make me a nun, <laughs> N-O-N-E. Yep. Or you may say, you know, I've been involved in the church environment, but I like what he's saying here. I want to check that out. So give us a word of wisdom to our listening friends who fall into several different categories right now. Would you, Benjamin? Yeah, if if they're um, in a place where they say, you know what, I I don't subscribe to any church mm-hmm. or any religion, Jesus is pretty clear of saying, seek, you will find. Oh, good. And that is a promise to humanity. And I would encourage you. Maybe you think you have been looking. I believe our culture has lost the art of seeking. In a Google world, it's easy to find answers, but seeking the things of God takes time Mm. and it takes effort. And I say this from experience because I was getting frustrated with God. I said, I'm seeking, I'm not finding. And God said, are you? Yeah. And so if if you are seeking or want to seek— God will get you there. He'll help you. And and I would encourage you, don't walk the journey alone. Mm-hmm. Find uh, some Jesus people. Yep. And, you know, this This may not be what God has called you to. This, this kind of environment may not be. But I really encourage you to go to the uh, northgatepeople.com and just check out the things that are going on there. God may say, I want you to come alongside this and share your vision. We've identified uh, four different visions, but share your vision with the pastors of this church 
and uh, it's Benjamin and Jennifer, and say, you know, here's my thought. And you go, well, you know, that's beautiful because that perfectly dovetails in what God wants us to do. And all of a sudden, you guys become a team. I love Fantastic. that. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Our website's a great place for a, a next step for anybody who feels God stirring their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, on our website, you'll you'll find, like you said, information about us and what's going on. You'll find out about events coming up. We have uh, an event coming up in January. We'd love to see you guys at. Information is there. There's a way to contact us, and there's a one-step daily devotional. Yeah, but you're, which is a kind of a podcast format. Well, the, that's the, something the, else. That's coming up too. So oh. we have a Monday through Friday devotional, devotional. right now mm-hmm. going through the book of Romans. Uh, but here about twice a month, I'm, I think the first one will release next week mm-hmm. on Spotify, but also through our website. I'm going to be just sharing a message that will hopefully be uh, encouraging. And um, the idea is that when we meet in person, if somebody can't be there, <laughs> yes. they can catch what we talked about on the podcast and keep going because it's about walking together. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, NorthgatePeople.com, NorthgatePeople.com, pastors Benjamin and Jennifer Gilmore and Northgate Church and the area in which you are looking to serve again? Yep. Yep. We're in the University City and La Jolla areas, and right now we're meeting in parks, and and we're just hanging out and talking about Jesus and— uh, it's it's Jesus is building the church. It's coming right. together, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. <laughs> Listen, that is probably one of the most poignant statements that Jesus ever made, and it really identifies you and God's calling through you. You are His church, and then the four walls are not the church. The church is Y O U. That's right. So it's about ready for us to time to wind up the show. I tell you, my friends, come together, San Diego. I feel like we, we're in our niche right now. What what our intent is to bring people together and bringing people like uh, Benjamin and uh, uh, Gilmore and the Northgate Church together in this show really is our sweet spot as well. So it's, we've only got a couple minutes. Any real quick words of wisdom? I take about uh, 60 seconds and then I got to jump off and say thanks my friends, and so long. But what, what's your brief word of wisdom? If I could say anything, yep. I would say give Jesus a chance. Ooh. Maybe the church has hurt you. Mm. It wasn't Jesus. It was some people who are trying to follow after him, and they're not always great. Yes. But Jesus is. Yeah. And one of the things, I, I, one of the things I've heard you say a number of times is, uh, I've got to tell on myself. So, I mean, sometimes the things we do, it's in good, with good intentions, but it falls flat because we didn't fully listen to what Holy Spirit was saying. You know, Holy Spirit may say, do this, and blah, blah, blah. But you said, you, Holy Spirit said, do this, I'm going to do this, and you forget about the and. <laughs> yep. My hope is that Northgate Church is a place where people can have conversations yeah. when those things happen and grow together. Oh, my. So once again, I'm going to give you the website one more time. It's called NorthgatePeople.com. And my guest for this entire two hours has been Pastorman Benjamin Gilmore. The name of their church is Northgate Church, and the website is NorthgatePeople.com. My listening friend, has been a joy. Thank you, Benjamin, for spending some time with me. My listening friend, you can catch this on Saturdays, of course, but also in the podcasts Thank you, uh, thereafter. So my listening friend, you know what Come Together San Diego does, and that's the same thing God wants you to do. Come Together San Diego. And it's about time for us to go away, but we have shows every week. Check them out. You're going to love the topics because we come together 
San Diego. God bless you. Bye. Thanks for joining Cast Hater and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.